Welcome to part two of this month's IanAbernethy.com podcast. And in this section, I'd like to talk about uh, kata-based sparring. Um, kata-based sparring is a very important part of my uh, approach to kata application. And I believe that uh, an understanding of it and a practice of it is absolutely vital if you're going to make pragmatic use of, um, of the information contained within traditional kata. Um, it's also an aspect uh, or a term, I think, of the kata-based sparring is a term that confuses quite a lot of people because they can't see how sparring and kata are linked. Uh, a lot of people view them as uh, being completely separate entities. Um, and even for those that are into um, kata application, they, they often uh, don't make the transition into live practice, which is a bit of a shame, I feel. So in this um, podcast, this section of the podcast, I'd just like to talk about what kata-based sparring is, uh, why I feel it's necessary, and how you can kind of introduce that to your training. So the first thing we need to get is uh, how kata-based sparring fits into my overall approach to kata uh, application. And those familiar with my work, if you've read any of the uh, the books or seen the the DVDs, will be aware that I uh, I deal with a kind of four stage approach to uh, to kata. Uh, the four stages that we have um, are stage one is to learn the solo form, uh, what most people regard as, as as kata, and where sadly a lot of uh, kata training begins and ends for most people. So that's the the, the form that you would do on your uh, your own, the solo form, stage one of my approach. Uh, in the second stage, we learn the applications to the form. We learn how to apply that against uh, an opponent, what the movements are, are for. Uh, the third stage is we analyse the the, uh, the movements in a bit more depth and start to understand the combative principles that are at work. And you know things like uh, two-handed sparring, obstruction removal, datum setting, all this kind of stuff that the cutters record. And then look at ways in which that we can vary and adapt the cutter movements uh, in line with those principles and really expand our kind of martial knowledge using the kata as a, a base. And the fourth stage is uh, kata-based sparring or, or gaining live experience. So to briefly summarise, we learn the kata, we learn the applications, we learn to adapt and vary those applications and then we need to gain live experience. And I think if we're doing all four of those, no one is more or less important than the other. They're all um, a vital part of it. But I think if you do all four of those, your kata will have uh, meaning and depth and you'll be practicing in a, in, a, in a pragmatic way. So in this podcast, we're going to focus on the kind of the last one, which is the, the kata-based uh, sparring um, aspect of it. Um, those that have been on my seminars will have heard me say that if you haven't done it live, you haven't done it. And I think this is one of the problems we have with people who, even though they're really into kind of kata application, they may have a good understanding of it. If you haven't done it live, if you've only ever done it in drill format with a compliant partner, um, it's one hell of a leap that you're expecting to take that when, uh, if you had to apply the techniques in a live situation, you'd suddenly develop the skills to do that. And I don't think you will. There is a big, big difference between practicing on a client partner uh, and on a opponent who's resisting your uh, your every action uh, there's certain skills and feelings and flow that you can only develop from practicing with a uh, with a live opponent this need to uh, link kata with with kumite um, is well documented in all the the texts by you know the, the various masters um, Otsuka uh, the founder of Wadaru Karate uh, said that martial arts must progress from kata to kumite to combat. So in that is acknowledging that we need to take the techniques of kata into our sparring such that we are prepared for combat. 
Um, Gichin Funakoshi in uh, Karate Do Kyohan said that sparring does not exist apart from the kata, but for the practice of the kata, which again suggests that our, our sparring should be based on the methods of kata. And Choji Miyagi said that through sparring practice we can identify the practical meaning of kata. So um, again, we see this kind of link uh, between uh, sparring and, um, and and kata. Now, a lot of um, people include sparring in the training, but I think it would be fair to say that the majority of today's sparring is based on the rules, techniques, strategies of modern competition. Uh, even in traditional, um, or dojos that would call themselves traditional, we still see that sparring at a long distance, uh, no grappling or groundwork al al allowed, no throwing, no close range striking. So most modern sparring is based upon uh, modern competition, modern competitive sparring, which is why I came up with the term kata-based sparring, which is, is different as in it's based on the, uh, the mythologies, the methods that are actually recorded in the, uh, the kata. So in our sparring, we need to be making full use of the methods of the kata. Um, in Henry Play's 1967 book, uh, Karate Beginner at the Black Belt, uh, there's a line in there which is, he says that we mustn't lose sight of the fact that karate is all in fighting. Uh, he goes on to say that you know, everything's allowed, uh, that we, we deliver blows with the hand, the foot, the head, the knee, and he tells us that uh, equally permissible are strangulations, throwing techniques and locks. Uh, now, I think a lot of people have lost sight of the fact that karate is all in fighting. And that's why we see um, just simple, long-range, straight kicks and punches from a distance. And again, this is one of the differences why um, the true art of karate is recorded in the kata. If we're practicing that, we should allow all those elements in our sparring. We should base our sparring uh, on the kata. So the next question is, well, you know, how do we go about uh, doing that? One of the first things, obviously, that we, we need to discuss is, is safety. We need to make sure that we've got suitable uh, training partners, people who aren't going to kind of get over uh, emotional and who have the skill to uh, apply the techniques of the kata uh, safely in, in sparring. You need to make sure that you're closely supervised as well by someone who is familiar with all the methods and um, is able to give you feedback and improve your performance, but also to make sure that you're practicing in a, a safe way. Um, because kata-based sparring will involve throws, uh, takedowns and ground fighting, and mats are um, a must. Now there is a school of thought that says you don't have mats in the streets so we shouldn't use mats in, uh, in training. Um, it's a bit flawed that I feel though because if you don't have mats you're going to injure yourself so badly in training you'll be no, in no fit state to defend yourself in the street. Um, also need to make sure we've got suitable protective equipment, so gum shields, uh, groin guards, uh, chest protectors, um, make sure you've got gloves on that it will allow you to, to grab and use all the, the, the various methods. The level of control also needs to be uh, suitable. Um, obviously if you had a, a beginner coming into your, your classes you, you wouldn't throw them uh, in at the deep end. And not everybody is, is like physically or technically able to um, engage in the kind of all-in, full-contact kind of training. So sometimes, of course, you have to introduce uh, flaws into training to make sure that everybody gains uh, some kind of live experience of, uh, of kata. So there's quite a few safety considerations, and th this kata-based sparring isn't something you should be doing without um, close guidance from somebody who, who fully understands uh, the, the nature um, of, the, of the method. So having the, discussed the, the safety considerations, it's how do you structure the actual sparring? Now there's lots of different ways to do this and it's probably too lengthy to discuss them all here. What I would do is I'd refer you to my uh, Bunkai Jitsu book which has the most in-depth discussion 
on kind of base sparring in there. Um, but, but there are, I mean, I mentioned it in practically all the books, but I think that's the one that goes into the most uh, most depth. But the essential idea is you're taking the techniques of the kata and allowing them free range in sparring. So just to give a, a simple example, if you were to take the cross buttocks throw, which we find um, in Pinan Sandan or Hian Sandan, what we would do after having learnt the kata, uh, we've learnt the application, we've learnt the basics of the throw, that's stages one and two. We then move on to stage three, so we learn the underlying principles of controlling the opponent's motion, uh, breaking balance, um, combining throws with other techniques. Um, we analyse all that kind of stuff and all the different variations on the throw and practice them too. And then the final stage is to gain live experience. So a simple way to do that is you just pair it with a partner and say, right, I'm going to try and throw you with this throw and you resist with all your might. Uh, and then through doing that, you learn legitimately and realistically how to apply the movement. If you were just to stop with uh, compliant practice, then it's never going to work for you in a live situation. If you haven't done it live, you've never done it. There are, of course, many other ways in which you can um, structure kata-based sparring. You could just, uh, okay, it's just strikes, um, or we're just allowing grabbing and striking. We're just going to use the techniques fighting from a clinch. Um, I can kick and punch, you can only grapple. Um, we'll try and throw one another. You know, for as many methods as there are in the kata, there's ways to isolate and drill them. If you've been working on uh, escapes from headlocks from the kata, for example, you could say, right, okay, we'll now do it live. Someone's going to put you in a headlock, they're going to resist with all the might, you've got to try and get out of it. And there are lots of different ways to, to structure it. Um, one of the best things, it is difficult to get a kind of the idea of the concept of uh, either this verbal description or a written description. It's something I think you've, you've got to see, see done um, before you kind of experience it. And uh, that's why we made the Cutter-based sparring DVD. So on the, the DVD, you get to see a number of people um, engage in, in Cutter-based sparring, and there's a number of different ways to structure it. So we're practicing escapes, uh, two-handed fighting, um, fleeing techniques, uh, all kinds of different methods are on there and the DVD has been incredibly popular we've sold uh, an awful lot of those and the, the feedback has been really positive um, and one thing that we have had feedback is from people watching it is just you know how scrappy it is and the fact is it is scrappy and it is chaotic because a real situation is scrappy and chaotic um, that kind of neat aesthetic that you sometimes see with compliant uh, drills or um, um, sparring where there's that neat in, into, uh, exchange of compatible techniques you won't get in kata-based sparring regardless of how skilled the, the, the people are should always have that mess to it really that, that, that kind of chaos um, and you also try and avoid that we don't start playing the, uh, the sparring game whereby you try and do certain techniques to get your partner to respond in certain ways because as soon as you start trying to exploit trained responses um, again it's it's not uh, it's not realistic so it, it certainly doesn't look, look pretty but then neither does a real fight and to those not familiar or who don't have a good understanding of kata when they see kata based sparring they often can't again see the link those who understand the combative movements a kata represents and who understand the combative principles will see them all at work, they'll, they'll, they'll see it dead clearly. But if you're only used to kind of that neat uh, aesthetic associated with uh, with kata, with compliant training and drilling, um, you, it can be a little bit confusing. So one analogy I often use for that is, uh, I say, like a block of ice um, at zero temperature will have the same shape and size in the same way that a kata, when there's no heat, there's no combat, it'll always have the same shape, it'll, it'll be a kind of set form. 
Now, when I add heat to the ice, it will it'll melt and it'll adapt to its circumstances. If it's melted in a pot, it will become pot-shaped. On the floor, it'll become the, the shape of a puddle. And it's the same with the, the cutter. When we apply heat to it, it will adapt to its circumstances. So um, I hope that's anyway giving you something to, to think about with regards to cutter-based sparring. It's giving you a, a bit of an introduction and a flavour to it. Uh, again, I would encourage you to check out the uh, the Bunkai Jitsu book, uh, and certainly uh, there's a free ebook as well, of course, an introduction to applied karate, which can be downloaded off uh, www.ianabernethy.com. Uh, that free ebook has um, quite a bit on there on kata-based sparring and tells you how to kind of the various ways in which you can you can structure it. And you also want to check out the kata-based sparring DVD because um, on that you'll actually get to see it done. Um, and a variety of, of different kind of practice drills. So I hope you found this uh, this useful. And that concludes uh, this uh, particular podcast. If there's any feedback on this or if there's any other elements that you'd uh, like me to talk about, please feel free to get in touch at uh, Ian, spelled I-A-I-N, uh, the Scottish way. So that's Ian at Ian Abernethy, A-B-E-R-N-E-T-H-Y dot com. So it's Ian at ianabernethy.com. So thanks very much for uh, for listening and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye now.